You know what time it is. Dream, plan, execute, episode 8. This is your opportunity to learn from other individuals working on their entrepreneurial and project management dreams and how they implement their dream, plan, and execute. In this podcast, we'll explore the metaphysics of dreaming and how to follow and listen to your intuition. We'll explore strategies from project management such as planning, writing down goals, scheduling, and budgeting. Then we'll move to execution. We'll explore topics such as operational efficiency, mental toughness, grit, and using an athletic mindset. I'm your host, Ramon Parchment. Stay tuned and enjoy the episode. All right. How are you doing, Abby? I am doing good. Doing good. How is the day going so far? Can't complain. I mean, thank God it is um, the weekend. It's been a rough week, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, listen, everyone always looks forward to the weekend. You get a chance to break real, you know, unwind and then get, you know, get recharged for the next week. So, Abigail, as you might be aware of, you know, I invite guests on Dream Plan Execute who I believe have the spirit of dreaming, planning, and executing and are doing so. And it would just be crazy of me to not invite the person, my life partner, who I believe dreams, plan, and execute with me, the person who comes up with certain strategies and assists me in executing and vice versa, Abigail Parchment. <laughs> Abigail Lawrence Parchment. All right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Abigail, to the, the listening guests who aren't aware of your story, who you are, could you give a small introduction of yourself? Um, I am the Mrs. <laughs> Abigail Francois Parchment. I am a registered nurse. Um, I am a daughter. I am a wife. Um, I'm a friend. Um, I am a dreamer. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, I'm just a regular person trying to make it happen, just like um, anyone else listening. Um, I have a bachelor's in community health. I have a bachelor's, obviously, in nursing. Um, at the moment, I am going for my master's um, to become a nurse practitioner. I am just like you, you know, did what I was supposed to do and just trying to pursue my dreams. I mean, I think most persons listening in, you know, essentially we've gone through the first, you know, 25, 30 years of our lives, right? And, you know, we've, you know, done activities either in school, outside of school, vocational, whatever your story may be. But now we're at this, um, um, this moment in our life where you move from being the person on someone else's voyage or ship to you captain your ship and really having all the reins to, you know, move in the direction that you're trying to move in and get stuff done. And you're picking where you want to go. And so that's the, the portion of our lives that we're at right now. It changes, right? And so what do you believe is your... 10, 15 year goal ultimately? Um, my 10, 15 year goal would have to be 
making sure that the frameworks that I dream about actually happen, um, making sure that the life that I would want for my family actually happens, making sure we're in a place where we have um, financial freedom, um, not looking to be a billionaire, right. but um, making sure that the systems are working, you know, so that we could have um, the lifestyle that we dream of. Gotcha. Uh, I, I second that. I second that. And one of the bigger topics is, you know, you have this dream, right? You know, and uh, in a dream, you haven't executed it yet. You haven't even put it down on paper. It's in its infancy, right? Mm-hmm. How do you go about, and I think it's a very big topic that people should pay attention. How do you go about protecting your dream? I feel so passionately about this, um, protecting your dream, only because I'm such a transparent person that I found like most of my life I've been, I'm very like, whatever's on my mind, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. type of person. Um, and that's including my dreams, right? But then I also learned, actually recently learned that it's important to protect your dream um, because people... Not everybody wants good for you. And and even though people may, you know, smile in your face and may seem like they're for you, they're really not for you. Um, And that's just the world that we live in. So um, to protect your dream just means use the spirit or ask for the spirit of discernment, right? You know, you may think you have friends. You may think you have colleagues who think and dream like you. So you're sharing your thoughts with them, but in actuality, um, they're not willing to build a dream with you, let's say, right? They don't care. They're listening. They're taking notes (laughs) about your dream, but they don't see the value in you as an individual. So therefore, um, it's important that you protect your dream and you keep them away from people who don't um, value you, um, who will help you build as well. So you have to have a spirit of discernment to know who's actually for you, who actually wants your actual success. I don't know how many times I got to say that, but <laughs> that's no, what that means. 100%. Pretty- you're right, baby, because, you know, I've had in the past, and I think protecting the dream also has to encompass the fact that there are people who involuntarily not intentionally could derail your dream right so like in the caring of you and the this the, the fear that you may not accomplish that dream it the person who you know is like an overbearing um, protector can also stop you from doing things you're supposed to do in, a, in an attempt to say, um, protect you from being hurt. But part of the life journey is going through the fire, going through those adversities and coming out on the other side, right? So for me, my example is even with construction. When I was going to high school in Arden, uh, a lot of the times the population or the group um, mindset was lawyer, doctor. And I think most um, third world countries, even just in general, family members want their kids to become a doctor. Like, I knew that was not going to be my life journey, right? 
So you'll hear small comments, right? Why are you doing this technical drawing? Oh, that makes sense, the subjects you're picking, right? Why are you doing construction technology? Why are you doing um, principles of business? What, what What's your purpose? What's your goal? But I knew in my heart that I wanted to work in construction and that's what I'm going to do, right? And not everyone has that, I would say that dog in them at that early age should be like, I'm doing what I'm doing and this is how it's going to work out. And sometimes family members and friends can say things that can derail your thought pattern and ultimately derail the dream that you had, right? Because at that moment, I could stop taking technical drawing and then going to a career path that personally wouldn't bring me my self-fulfillment. So I think to add to your point of protecting the dream is knowing that people um, involuntarily can also derail your dream and just being confident in the thought pattern that you had that brought you to the point where you're like, this is the goal that I'm, I'm setting out to, you know, this is what I want to take on. Um, I want to ask you a question in, as it pertains to how you knew you could set path and marrying myself and ultimately dreaming, planning and executing with me. I think because we took time to develop a friendship Mm -hmm. And um, during that um, beginning stages of our friendship, um, you showed me that you were a true friend. Even there was some moments, it was a little shaky. (laughs) (laughs) But that's for, there's another project we're working on that people will be able to hear that story as well. Right. um, I think just knowing things that I was going through and confining in you and you actually listening and you coming back like, yo, I think, you know, you had this problem and I think we can figure it out this way. So I'm like, oh, well, that's different. (laughs) I didn't have, you know, up until that time, someone I can say like really, you know, listened and wanted to help me and figure things out with me. So um at that point i was like okay now nah, he's for real he's a cool dude he's genuine he's you know he's a writer you know like he putting in that work and and we weren't even in a, a place of commitment as of yet yeah. but it was just that you were being a friend towards me so i felt like you know this is someone i could see myself working with in the future whether it remained just as you know friendship relationship which it did and ultimately marriage so in those beginning stages of our friendship um i realized the type of man you were and that made me feel confident like this is someone i can trust um and if i can trust you because you know it's hard for me to trust folk (laughs) (laughs) if i can trust you then that means that i can build with you to add to your point i mean the moment that always comes to my mind when I was like, I know this is a person I'm going to call my wife is in my, one of my mo- greatest moments of um, just, I can't and I won't be able to do this anymore, which was, um, it was a 90 degree day. I'm trying to get my mom's uh, 
citizenship. And ultimately, I needed to get my driver's record. And I, I shared the, the more details of that story in episode six with my um, self-reflection. But ultimately, at that moment, after leaving the USCIS office, driving an hour and a half, you know, trying to get this driver's record that ultimately I need to be able to move on with my my citizenship process so I could bring my mom here. After three, four years of dealing with this frustration, I end up at the office, at the, the driving um, records office, to go upstairs for them to tell me that I have to drive all the way to Albany to get the actual driver's record. And they did mention getting the, the driver's abstract downstairs at the yellow kiosk using your driver's license. But I was so over the whole situation I didn't even want to go to the kiosk, especially with the line that was wrapping around the kiosk. So I left. I literally left. I got inside my dad's car. I turned the car on and I called you. So you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm venting my frustration. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I don't even need the citizenship. I can be a green card holder and still work in the country and be illegal. It's not, I don't need this. I'm going home. I'm, I'm done. I am done. And even in that moment of frustration, and usually I'm the one who will just pull through problems. I'll just march my way forward, right? But at that moment, I knew I broke. I knew I was not interested in doing any more of this. I'm at my you know, tipping point. And you stepped in at that moment. I was like, but just get the paper. I mean, if you get the paper, you never know what's going to happen. She might accept the paper. They might allow you to move on to the next step in um, your citizenship process. And you've been doing this. The moment I met you, one of your first goals, one of your first dreams was to get your mom here to the U.S. Hands down, anytime I spoke to you, that was one of your goals. So why quit now when you know you have a chance? And I turned the car on. I was like, still frustrated. I was like, I'll call you back. I turned the car on and I'm about to leave. And I said, you know what? She might be right. You know, and I turned the car off. I walked back to the office. I get the paper, you know, and then of course there's more adversities that transpired. The car get locked inside someone's construction yard, trying to get the car back. I had to go to Philly the next day. And then I ended up at the office eventually after a long story. But ultimately, I gave that lady the paper. And she looked at me and she said, it was just a speeding ticket. I said, yes. And I was able to move on with my citizenship process. And I think that's the most important thing in a life partner that I admire about you. I could lose everything. I know I could lose everything. But... You're not going to run away. You're going to stay there and rebuild with me, whatever it takes to rebuild. And so to me, it that's the character of the person, what the person intends for you, um, and what you intend for the person is the most important thing. Everything else is icing on the cake, but the character of the person is what really, because life is going to test you. You're going to get pushed around. You know, and I know you are you are a testament of life testing people's faith and their relationship. And out of it came yourself, your sister, and the life that you're building right now with myself and the family that we have. But you know, ha- having that grit 
having that character of, you know, just push that a little harder is what one of the biggest things that I admire about you. So just wanted to put that out there. So Miss Parchment, Mrs. Parchment, <laughs> marrying your best friend. Our story, how we became friends, ultimately is what allowed us to get to the point where we are where we are now married right um tips for dating i know it's it's definitely different in 2023 dating as a female making money also black females so bad for them single girls out there feel yourself yeah so what tips would you give for 23, 24, 25 year old females looking to date, looking to, you know, build with a, a person of character into the future? My tips would be like I tell, like my, you know, my sister and my cousins, it's ultimately to know that I'm hard to say, like, you're good either way. You have to have your own life plan okay um you have to know what you're trying to do um in your life and then the man is the bonus right the man will be what complements um the plan and the dream that you have um but specifically outside of working on yourself working on your dreams and your goals um i think it's again finding someone who aligns with those dreams and gold and like you said with the character of the person how does this person act with you how do they act with others how do they act with your family i'm very big on family um i'm sorry if you can't respect your family if he can't respect your family or she can't respect your family um there's some other fundamental issues there because family is you know the foundation of how we're raised, right? Actually, functional families. Right. <laughs> you have different type of families. So let me not, I know I'm very blessed to have the type of family that I have. So um, my perspective is that I would want, you know, my friend or my sister to have someone that gets along with their family. So that's why it's important to look at that. And then just build on the friendship. You know, it's at the end of the day, you know, looks, um, sexual chemistry, all those things will fade away. Um, it's definitely a bonus when you have it. Um, but outside of that surface, you have to look at the person and be like, yo, in 50 years, can I really be with this person? If something were to happen to me, would this person take care of me? It's not about the gifts and the trips that the person could possibly give you. And the truth is, if you're really looking for someone who's going to be a rider, more than likely, you may not even be there yet if you're at that age of 24, 25, 26. Even if they're 30 or 40, they may not be there. But more importantly, that you're willing to build and be patient with someone to build a friendship so that when all um, the looks are gone, when, you know, the testosterone ain't working like it was working. <laughs> like if the estrogen is not doing what it's supposed to be doing, 
um, it's it's okay, right? Because you still have the character of that person. You still have the person that is your best friend that will protect you, that will um, give you the laughs that you need, that would help you walk this journey in life. So um, that's what I would say is don't worry about these the BS. <laughs> I was gonna say another. Um, of social media and what's portrayed, honestly, because at the end of the day, it's not real. What's real is the relationships that you have uh, with people who genuinely love you, not people who are envious of you, not people who are damn just nosy and look to start problems, but people who can, you know, really, really ride for you for real. So, and if that man can ride for you in the beginnings of your friendship, then that speaks to his character and what he can or would be able to do um, as your protector. So that would be my advice is to just enjoy the friendship. Don't get caught up in the titles of things. Enjoy the friendship, but also have a boundary in knowing what you want. Um, but to be patient is key. No, I, I want to second that point because I think what I know, I know what works for us is the fact that we're friends first, right? Um, we, we spend a lot of times as friends getting to know each other, our quirks, what our advantages are, disadvantages are, what we like, what we don't like. What we um, wanted in life though. Like, what we wanted in life, yeah. A lot of those car, <laughs> those yeah. car sessions, you know, just yeah. vibing and really talking about life and how we view life and what we wanted out of life and our families and what our goal was as individuals. And that's when you start to realize how much you guys align with each other, right? Because, you know, we, we, we definitely hit on three points. Family is important for us and how our family is and the order in the family, not adding chaos to the family, right? Or the family situation. Because life in general is very chaotic and you want you want an orderly environment to build on top of right when it's just complete disorder it's just a problem so family was important entrepreneurship which we'll tap on tap into a little later entrepreneurship business acclimate multiple streams of income was something that we all recognize is something that we were willing to do work together to do right and um, ultimately, wellness and fitness, right? We, um, we used to go to the track together and run. Um, we spent a lot of time gymming and working out together. And, um, and uh, Nine days. <laughs> right? So, you know, when you start seeing, I, I, you've talked and dated or been involved with other persons, and, you know, there are these big key things that you see yourself doing and spending your energy on the weekend doing um that doesn't tie in exactly with what this person you guys are going to be different in certain things but there are just some key components that are like we all have to be on the same page with this these things are important to me is it important to you i mean um, I, i'll say this i i'm gonna 
agree and disagree because mm-hmm. I find that there are a lot of things that we weren't on the same page with, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we were able to um, discuss and actually, you know, not get nasty. I mean, you know, we get nasty sometimes, but, <laughs> you know, like we were just able to actually like communicate, you know, communicate and effectively communicate um, despite the differences. I think that is key, to be able to effectively communicate despite the differences is important in a relationship. So I don't think it was about always being on the same page because a a lot of things we're not on the same page about because we're different people, right? But we were to say, hey, this is how I feel and X, Y, Z, back and forth and find a mutual ground of love to be like, at the end of the day, this is what works for us and respect that, you know, move in love. No, I I hear that. That's a fair point. So let's move to, um, obviously, like I said, life gives you lemons and you try and make lemonade out of it, right? So while we were in our wedding planning experience, right, we had a proposal, you got surprised a little bit, even though you kind of had an idea, but it wasn't certain, right? But now we're in our wedding planning process. We decided that after our proposal, it's going to be a year that we're going to take to do the wedding, right? While in that year, I also got an opportunity to leave New York for a bit and manage a project in Minnesota, right? One of the coldest states in the U.S., a very technical project as it pertains to the build of it from the ground up, a data center. Something that I have shared with you in the past that I want to get more construction experience in. And this opportunity comes right as we're planning our wedding. And um, now we are at a fork road. Does Ramon leave or does he stay in New York while we're doing our wedding? And one of the, again, pivotal moments that really just fortified in my mind that this is my wife, is as especially as male men, it's important that you go after your life journey, right? Your life, that thing inside you that you need to develop. As, as men, you have to develop skill. You have to develop the ability to get things done. Whatever you decide to do, that, that that's your hallmark on the world, right? And so this was a moment where I, I saw myself being able to do so. But, you know, finding the right partner is important because at that moment, load, anxiety, fear, and stress to overcome us in that moment and stop the, the trajectory that we have. But the first thing when I said it to you wasn't, no, it wasn't an immediate rejection. It was, what's the plan? What is the plan? Why are you doing this? Why does it make sense? How are we going to make this work? And I, I love that about you because ultimately, you know, that's what gave us a foundation to make this work at the moment where I'm in Minnesota, you're in New York, is coming up with that plan versus just being a knee-jerk reaction. I'm leaving, you figure it out, you know? And so with that, I want to kind of segment into our wedding planning experience, right? And we just co-authored a book together um, called Planning the Perfect Wedding. And it kind of encompasses all the things that we went through in our planning process of planning our wedding. 
with the fact that I'm in Minnesota. So, Abigail, what was it like on your side planning your perfect wedding? Everything ha- comes with stress in life, but it was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed it a little bit more than I would think the average bride does because it's so stressful. But um, when everything comes together, it's amazing. I was very fortunate for God putting um, someone in my path, a uh, fellow alumni, Francine Brown, Fanny and who honestly turned into a friend. And she was actually able to be that person to bounce ideas off of with. And during that process of, um, you know, just thinking about the vision, like seeing how excited she was about the wedding um, planning process actually really did help my um, anxiety of things. Um, to a degree. And um, I found that the planning process, being able to say, hey, girl, what do you think about this really did help. So having her did help. And then having you being able to say, hey, that's not a problem. This is how we get it done. It really felt like, you know, we really had a good system going, had a stressful moments, but the planning process was fun because I had someone to confide in and I had someone that was like, hey, this is how we're doing it. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Weddings tend to be very stressful because of the framework that people use in their mind. They kind of, yeah, no one wants to be embarrassed on their wedding day. And so they they, they plan with fear at the beginning, like, okay, I'm doing all this so I don't get embarrassed. Whereas when I think we were planning, it wasn't about being embarrassed was about building and having a wedding that was an experience of bringing the family together. How can we bring the two families together? How can we enjoy the day? And we, we spent a lot of time speaking to um, other persons who were pre- who were married, who are married. And, you know, they're like, listen, the day goes fast. So really try and take the day in. And just from my experience with project management, if I do my job well, the day of the execution is like the luck of the draw or, you know, things are just moving smoothly, right? And then you have your reactive experiences, but ultimately that pre-planning time spent figuring out all the smaller details that could cause impedances in the execution is what you do as a planner, as a manager of um, a project. And that having that framework and like implementing it in the way we went about planning our wedding, you know, we had our hiccups, obviously, but, you know, for the things that we put into place, it went fairly smooth. And um, I definitely enjoyed the experience planning with you because we have, it highlighted our strengths and our weaknesses and how we gel as a team, right? I always talk about spirit animals. I feel my spirit animal is a wolf. And you know, we believe your spirit animal to be an eagle. And it works perfectly because I think you have a great ability of seeing the big picture, right? And the grandest scheme of the plan. Sometimes you need an, 
assistance or someone to you know bring it from the vision to the actual completion and execution of that vision right and i think that's where my skill complements here is because you know like any wolf they're like a dog with a bone like you get you set ta- eyes on a task it's getting done if i have to run through the snow if i got to do what i need to do it's going to happen issue with that type of energy is sometimes you can find a way marching up the hill where that's not the goal at the moment right so us paired together gives us that um you know you can see the bigger picture hey maybe that's not the behavior need to march up right now this is what we need to get done and so i saw that come through in organizing experience because there were things that i was dogmatic about we don't need that but when you see the photos, it really brought, and I've seen photos without that specific item, I'll say the floor wrapping, I'll go on record saying, you know, the floor wrapping was not my, like, I don't think it's necessary, but every time I look back at the photos, that's like, I respect. Definitely makes a difference. And I think when we did our planning together, you know, you know, you wanted the floor wrapping, I didn't want the floor wrapping, and then we ended up having a happy compromise of finding a floor wrapping that was in budget but was something that satisfied both of our um, wants and needs so that 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 to me was um impressive so i want to talk to you Abby, about um, managing low moments low energy moments and how you recover from uh those moments um i just think having faith um honestly it's where i recover i grew up in a christian home and i saw my parents put god first first and everything and because of that i have an understanding or perspective on life, right? Because we all have different perspectives on life and different understandings and different religions and all those kind of things. But just um, how I was brought up in my perspective was your strength doesn't come from yourself. Mm. Period. You are required to put in the work, right? Because faith without action is dead. So it's not that you don't put in the work, but the... Um, spiritual strength doesn't come from yourself. So I feel like when we feel low, it's because we've depleted everything that we could give. Like we're human. We've given, we've done everything that we possibly could think we can do. And that's when I feel low. And in those moments is when I hold on to God even harder because I find that that's where my strength comes from, my faith comes from, knowing mm. that I'm not doing it on my own. It's my my own will, you know. I've done what I can do. Like my sister would tell you, I do my best and God does the rest. That has been my saying since undergrad. <laughs> my hostage days, because it's just like, I can only do so much and there's so much that is unknown, but when I've done all that I can, I rely on God. I rely on my faith. As to me, I can't do it alone. Some people, kudos to y'all who, you know, don't believe in a higher power or anything like that. And you just run through this life head on and 
hit whatever walls you do and do whatever you guys decide to do. Um, but for me, it's my faith. Um, so that's what I do when I'm low. I just know that how can I be low if there is a God? Right. What? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think even with the persons who, I mean, I think maybe take on life without a spiritual backing, and they could, they could have success in the physical plane. I think you become emotionally empty. Um, right, right, right. It's not about success. It's not about yeah. success. It's not yeah. about, like, we're talking about feeling low, right? right. Sometimes mm-hmm. people turn to alcohol. Sometimes people turn to drugs. Sometimes people turn right. to drugs. a lot. But, <laughs> but we're talking about really, really, really low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can have success. A lot of people have success, but mm-hmm. you able to pull yourself out of those dark places without faith. For me, it's impossible for me. I want to say it's probably the same for a lot of people. I think most people don't get to pull themselves out of those low moments without faith. You end up going to vices and other means of trying to pull yourself out, which make it worse. I think faith, having a strong spiritual backbone is important to have because it it empowers you in ways where you can look beyond yourself and your circumstances now. And uh, it's freeing. It frees you from the anxiety and the stress of like, um, I know God has a plan for me. I know that there's some, you know, there's a moment I'm going through now, but I just need to, you know, believe, have a little bit more hope and faith that I can get past this with his hand in the mix, right? And I think it's much harder. I mean, I'm sure, like you said, there are people who do it, but I think those low moments become even much more harder and difficult when you don't have that type of um, spiritual background background or backbone in, in your thought. So... You know, ultimately, I think, you you know, having that spiritual foundation is important. And I love the book he gave to me recently because, um, you know, we, I was back, back in New York and you have this book called the Maxwell Leadership Bible. And, you know, you're like, Rama, you should read this Bible because I don't, I'll be honest, I don't read the Bible as often as I should, you know. And, the only one. I have the app. It gives me little quotes here and there that I paint. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even know they had an app. Um, and, you know, I think the Bible or spiritual texts in general, uh, people never change. The circumstances in the Bible might be aged, but the people going through it are literally the way they react to things, how they go about doing things. Technology changed. But people don't change. And the Bible is like literally a text of all the human characters you could ever meet in your life and how they go about overcoming or not listening or dealing with problems. And so being in a leadership position where you're managing people and you're managing expectations, with the way this Bible is crafted, I really like a lot because it I don't tell you the truth. I don't. I don't normally read it because of the the though. I can't deal with the old English, right? But I love the the way it has you know small snippets of insightful information about leadership. 
And then from there, I get curious, like, where is this coming from, right? So I just pick up page. It gives me an insight. I go, hmm, let me read the backstory behind how they got to this insight. And it's now helped me so far read the Bible a lot more. And it's, you know, there are things that, you know, you and I have probably figured out without having read it specifically in text in the Bible. But when you read it and you've, you've lived it, it just, you know, double down on your conviction that, okay, I wasn't thinking out of line for thinking this, right? So I appreciate, you know, the, the forethought to giving me the book. What do you do for enjoyment, Abigail? What's, you know, different than the dream planning executing? What's your go-to thing for having fun? I'm still trying to figure that out, honestly. Well, I think you, you, you do enjoy working out. You do enjoy dancing. Definitely um, love I don't know about enjoy working out. I have to work out. <laughs> I know. You have to work out. It's just like brushing your teeth. Like. Right. It's all interesting. Gotcha. Okay. Well, ultimately, what's your social media handles if anybody would like to reach out, find out what are your best tips? What social media handles do you have? My social media is at Genuinely Abby, and that's about it. All right, baby. Well, listen, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate your time. I know you have tons of studying to get done, but it was important to have you here, especially at the beginning or Dream Plan Execute. I'm sure we're going to be looking at this and listening to this years into the future and laughing and smiling about our, our younger self talking about what we want to get done. I just want to leave with that. I love you. Take care. And I'll keep safe. All right, baby. Love you too. We've come to the end of the episode. Always remember the road to greatness is long and hard. Always focus on progress over perfection. Execute relentlessly. Like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you soon. Keep safe.